Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me this morning to Isaiah chapter 40. God actually began to speak to me yesterday morning as I was doing our writing, our scripture writing. And for those of you, I I see a few new faces. If you don't know what that is, we have a verse every single day that we write in a journal or wherever we each have located it. Some of you use notebooks. I use a journal. And we write that scripture. Some of us write down what God is speaking through that scripture. It has just been beautiful. Um, And if you don't have that, I still have some. I think they're out on the... um, shelf in the foyer out there. Look for the notebook um, and the reading plan for a year. Um, I promise God will use it in great ways. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 30. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Lord, this is your word today, alive and active. May it change us because of who you are in Jesus' name. So who has this passage on any decorative item in your house? Yeah. Got one. I, I do too, Sandy. Um, it, it's, it's pretty common. It's pretty almost overused, I guess you would say. But it's a big scripture with a lot of depth to it. First of all, Isaiah's background. So you have to understand, he had almost 60 years of ministry. I wince at that thinking, 60 years? Like, whoo, I'm only on year three of full-time ministry. All right? And I feel like after 60 years, he's like that one commercial, I, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing or two, right? Because you see, he lived through the civil war of the kingdom breaking apart north and south, Israel and Judah. He has seen the destruction of Israel. And he had spoke of things that have not even yet happened in his lifetime, such as the exile of Judah to Babylon. Right? And God's deliverance of bringing them back. And of course we know uh, the shadow of the future Messiah we find in his words. But he offered a message of hope to the people. A promise that God would restore the nations after punishment was complete. But you have to know, his messages did not make him a very popular person. Most times when we preach the truth of God's word, it does not make us the most popular person in the room. But he continued to speak the bold word that God had given him. So that's his background of who he is as the prophet. Now the word associated, when we read about young men here, ladies, you can't just discount it that it doesn't mean you. Because this word can also be seen as the the chosen ones, the chosen men. And this would sort of be like he was talking about a better description for you and I to understand, like an elite athlete, right? Because he said that even the young men will fall in exhaustion. Do you know that 
even Olympic athletes have a limit. Like they can only push themselves so far. For those of you that maybe you've done sports or you've, you've exercised a lot, you understand what I'm talking about. Used to when I would run track and I did distance, I did two mile and one mile runs, sometimes you just hit a brick wall. And like it was all I could do to just make the legs keep going forward. Really, you understand what I'm talking about. Probably when you're playing sports, sometimes you just hit a brick wall. I've hit my limit. Like, I don't think I can go any further. I've seen um, men and women when they do those long marathons, right? Like the Boston Marathon that will literally fall to the ground and they will crawl to the finish line. Because they hit that brick wall, that exhaustion that they can no longer overcome. Now think of it as Christians. This would mean that even as the most mature, educated, sanctified Christian, we can still become weak and tired and exhausted. Remember Elijah back in 1 Kings 18? Oh, he, he was a great example, right? He was a lead. He was chosen. He, he listened to God. He prayed for the rain to stop, and they didn't have rain. He took on 850 pagan prophets. Remember that? And then afterwards, he prays for rain to come, and it rains. What, a, what an elite Christian to look at, right? Elite believer. And then he runs from Ahab and Jezebel, and then what happens? He falls into such an exhaustion and depression that he says, I just want to die. I'm done. I'm done. And you're like, dude, you just, you just won the biggest battle ever. And so God actually comes and tends to him, right? And renews his strength. Look back at verse... 31 again, it says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. New strength. Well, where, where does that come from? You see, the world has made millions off of us, in case you didn't know. Because we're such an exhausted people. They are making millions. We, we are constantly seeking ways to increase our strength and our energy levels, right? Energy drinks, coffee. Oh, they're playing us, people. But it tastes so good, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Vitamins, supplements. It's a market. I'm not saying some of this stuff is not good. I take different vitamins and I have to watch vitamin D levels and so forth and so on. But I'm just telling you, there's a market and they're making money off of our exhaustion that we have in today's world. And we try to find that quick fix for it. But my question is, do you ever try to really remedy the reason for it? Like, Exhaustion, anxiety, those are not diseases, those are symptoms. But we have a world that treats it as the disease. But the reality is, we're exhausted because we don't stop. We're exhausted because we forgot what Sabbath looks like to take a true 
rest. Because I know today, maybe this is your Sabbath, but I bet you got plans. I bet you headed out. I bet you're busy, busy, and you'll be back in about 11 o'clock tonight. You never stop. And then we go, Lord, why am I so exhausted? Doing good things can exhaust us, just like Elijah. What Isaiah was saying here was that those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust. But how do you do that, BJ? How do you, how do you trust in the Lord? What does that mean? Look back up to verse 26. Because I want you to remember who Isaiah is talking about. He said, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? Now, some of you were looking at the planets this week. I I think Ariel posted pictures of of the planets. I totally forgot about it. Of course, I was in the city this week, so I probably wouldn't have seen a lot of things either. But I love stargazing. Oh, I've got pictures. I love my phone. It will actually take pictures of those stars without a lot of adjustments. And it says, look up into those heavens. Who created those stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding, and he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Do you understand? This new strength, you'll never find it. You'll never create it. It's only when you trust in the one who created you. Who knows you. Who knows your physical limits. Those who know that God is in control and believe he will fulfill his purpose will be given the ability to, what? Persevere. When we trust that God is in total control, Oh, I had a conversation this morning about this with someone. And I said, I know it's hard to let go sometimes, but we got to trust that God knows everything happening. And even when our loved ones are not where we know they need to be, sometimes it really is just out of our control. Even if that means them hitting rock bottom. It's out of our control. And remember, Isaiah, he didn't always give the best news. In fact, when you flip over uh, to chapter 50, he kind of tells them that, by the way, all this uh, bad stuff happening, it's your fault. You sinned, and now you got to pay the consequence. And that is the truth of life sometimes. But chapter 50, verse 10 says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But watch out. You who live in your own light and warm yourselves by your own fires, this is the reward you will receive from me. You'll soon fall down in great torment. So walking in the dark is no fun. 
Like, if you've never done it, you know, when I had my eye injury as a kid, I had to bandage my eyes for a week. Like, totally bandaged, 24-7 in the dark. And it was no fun. You, you need someone you trust to lead you around. Or at the very least, somebody's voice that you trust to tell you what you're doing. I remember how frustrating it was to just sit and try to eat a meal and I couldn't see my plate so I didn't know where anything was and I'd listen to my dad tell me, your peas are at two o'clock, you know, he used the clock system to tell me where things were on my plate and they would try to separate it. And that's how I figured things out. So when we're in the dark, you've got to have that voice or that hand that you trust. God is the only one that we can trust when we're in the dark. Because even well-meaning people can lead us wrong. Do you know that? That's why it's important to know the Word. That's why I stress and stress to you, get in the Word and know the voice of God. That's the only way you're going to know the voice of God. But too often when you and I get in the dark, when things go bad, when, when things are tough, what do we do? We try to fix it. That's what he was warning there in that last verse of, of our own fires, our own methods of light trying to fix it. If we just do this, if we just do this, if we just and that. And, and I'm, I'm talking from experience, people. I have a plan after plan. If this goes wrong, if it... But I'm loving this new plan that 2020 taught me of just roll with it. Now, not everybody does that. We had an issue at District Assembly where the lady that usually... Uh, takes care of the one of the meals that we do, and we have to buy tickets and all this stuff, and she wasn't there. She could not be there last minute. In fact, she had COVID, so she stayed home, bless her heart. But that threw us in a little chaos because she just takes care of that stuff. And BJ got thrown into that spot. <laughs> so it started out the first night, Monday night, I was supposed to just take Numbers, tell me how many people from your church is going to be there tomorrow. We just wanted to make sure we had enough food, enough seating. But these people are like, well, here, here's the money. I'm like, no, I don't need the money. Like, nobody told me to take money. We're going to take money tomorrow. Like, I'm thinking, we'll have a plan tomorrow. Well, I showed up the next day and blessed him's heart. He does so much. He still didn't have a plan. So I'm like, okay, here goes. Roll with it. <laughs> and I just began to take the money. We got me a money bag and we just dealt with it, you know? Sometimes... You can't just fix everything. But you and I, we try to. When our kids hurt, we want to fix it. Amen, mamas? Amen? When the, when the finances hurt, we want to fix it. Amen, men? Hmm. When things are, are going wrong, we get mad because somebody should have fixed it. Dark times can be the hardest times. But I like in chapter 40, I like those words that we can soar, we can run, we can walk. That gives me hope, right? I like the sound of that. We don't like hard. We don't like chaos. We don't like dark places. Remember, we talked about two ways of praying. Lord, get me out. Or Lord, get me through. God's greatest moment, though, happened in history's darkest moment. Have you ever thought about 
God's greatest moment, his greatest victory happened in the darkest moment of Christian history. That moment that the disciples thought, it's over. Like all the plans, all the hope we had is gone because Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's dead. It's done. It's over. And even Jesus said, it is finished. Oh, but praise the Lord, three days later. And the earth began to shake. And he come out of that tomb. The cross and the resurrection, though, darkest moment. But God leads his people through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Where it's not always possible for us to see what's going on, on this level. Have you ever tried to adjust your level of vision? So like a couple of weeks ago when Mo and, and her family were here, um, they were counting, okay, I have a lot of baby Yoda in my house. I did not realize this until her kids began to count my baby Yodas. <laughs> and we thought we counted them all. And then Izzy goes, and that one. Well, we had to get down on her, her level to see, and sure enough, there was a keychain sitting there that I'd forgot was sitting on the countertop. We have to change how we see things sometimes. As I was cleaning house for Mo and them to come, because you know, it's not Christmas. I don't clean until Christmas, right? How dare they come in the middle of the year, right? But I had this thought, because I have, a, you know, my, my vent hood over my stove it's a newer one. We've only had a couple years, and, and I really, I can't see on top of it. Short people problems, you know, sorry. So I went and got one of my little step stools. <laughs> it's a step stool I keep on my washing machine to get that last sock out, just so you know. Um, real story, that's why I bought it. But I went to get it because I thought, you know, this puts me up on Thomas's and them's level. Like, this must be what six footish is like, right? And then I was like, gross. Like... <laughs> I got it. Hmm. Okay, I got a lot more cleaning than I thought I did, right? Because I couldn't see that level. But God can. Church, whatever you're going through this morning, I say all that because God is above. His ways, not our ways. Why? Because He can see from a level we can't see. And He walks. He promises to sustain us and walk with us through them. Our victories, guess what, are not the mountaintops. Oh, we like to remember mountaintops. That's not your victories. Your victories come from the valleys that you never gave up in and you walk through to get to that mountaintop. That is the real victory of your life. Now, as I was looking at this, because I'm like, okay, Lord, like we know all of this, like this is stuff we know, but... What do we not know? And I, and I got focused on looking at that. They will soar high on wings like eagles. We love that. It's on our shirts. It's on everything we have. So I looked up. How do eagles soar? Well, first of all, they hold their wings outward. They don't flap them. I should have had the kids give us an example of birds flying today. They don't flap them. They actually are riding the air currents up to gain altitude, and then they will break off from there to soar down, right? 
So if you know your physics, if you get up high enough, the further you can soar out from there, right? And there's two types of air currents I found. There's thermal updrafts, and that's the sun heating the surface of the earth, and that heat spirals up, right? Don't worry, I'm not getting super deep. I'm not a big science person. I, I almost flunked that. But the eagles will circle up into those updrafts, right, to get as high as they can. Then there's the orographic updrafts. This is the wind deflecting against other structures. So like a ridge, a mountain, a building, right? And these create lower altitude updrafts. So they can still ride that up to a, a shorter degree and soar. As believers, I think we tend to soar on that lower altitude way too much. As believers, we, we jump from Sunday to Sunday, from meeting to meeting, from conference to conference. So, so district assembly, unfortunately, is a lower altitude. Like we got a quick little lift and, whoo, that was great. But it runs out kind of fast sometimes. Like this morning, it was almost out for me before I got to church. If one more phone call or text would have happened, I don't know what would have happened, right? And we just sort of jump. And actually, very few of us, even sitting in here, hit that higher altitude. Because that's where the higher altitudes is where you hunger for God like you've never wanted before. You want more of his word. And, and you're not going to wait until Sunday for BJ to feed it to you. You're not going to wait and, and, and have to wait till Wednesday even for BJ to feed it to you. You've got the Bible out. Church, the best thing you can leave your family is a Bible that's fallen apart. Amen. That's the best legacy you can leave your kids. My Bible is, this one I've only had a few years, but it's starting to show the wear and tear there on the, on the end of it. My first one that I carried everywhere, it's, it was a paperback and it's like ripping apart and it's still one of my favorites. I go to it to, to see what I wrote in it about different things, to read articles. And I just got given a, a new one this week that, oh, I'm getting, oh, I got to tell you all about this one. This one's awesome. If you get a new Bible and it has what's called filament, in it, you get a nap, you take a shot of the page number, and study material galore pops up on your phone. It is so wonderful. So wonderful. But you got to use it. You see, because Christians that want to get to that higher altitude, it means you're willing to set your clock 15 minutes earlier every morning so you have time when you get up to spend with God. It's, it's when that Bible show and wear and tear, and remember, the power of four, when you're engaging in the Word four times or more a week, that's when change happens in your life. You know, Isaiah uses the illustration of eagles because soaring is about using power of something else. The, the eagle is not exerting his own energy when he's using these currents. And you've seen this, and, and you've seen other birds, and we'll see them circling. Oh, on my hilltop, we see this, and, and I see eagles all the time. Um, in fact, Thomas and I, sometimes people give us funny looks because 
I hate to say it, I might take for granted eagles just a little bit because we see them so often around our house. But us being there near the river, it's a pretty common occurrence for us to see eagles. And so I had a cousin that was like, oh, let me show you a picture of an eagle. And I'm like, oh. He's like, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm supposed to get excited over an eagle, you know, but I see them a lot. But we see them and they'll just be circling up. And and at that distance, we don't always realize that that's what they're doing. They're riding that current up to get to that highest level before they soar. But here's the most powerful thing that I learned about eagles as I was studying yesterday. Do you know when a storm comes, most all birds will flee from that storm. They will figure out how to avoid it. You know what an eagle will do? He will fly straight into that storm. Because he knows within a matter of seconds, the updraft that is in that storm will get him to levels he can't reach otherwise for him to be able to soar. So he flies straight into the storm. And then they use that pressure to glide higher and higher. And again, the higher you get, the further out you can glide from there. Look at verse 29 again. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Church, what storm are you in today? What did you walk in here feeling weak like you can't do it? What did you walk in here with that you think, BJ, I'm powerless and I don't know what to do? God gives the power and the strength. I am so thankful for for you guys when you call and and you say, BJ, what do I do? And I'll I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, not a social worker, not a doctor. And sometimes I feel a little helpless, but all I can say is, in the words of Peter, silver and gold I don't have. What I do have, I'll give you. Let's pray together and let's let's talk about Jesus. (laughs) I can lift you up and hold you up. And I can point you to the one that can give you new strength today. Some of you, you've been fighting these fights for a while. And let me tell you, I'm not telling you to to look for trouble. Please, don't run out of here being storm chasers thinking, I just need a problem so I can get some... No, 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 no. I promise you, troubles will find you. (laughs) I promise you, troubles will find you. But maybe you're exhausted this morning. How many feel exhausted? Say amen. Maybe it's because instead of soaring... You've been flapping. Maybe because you've been praying so hard, God, get me out of here. I don't want this storm. Get me out, get me out, get me out, get me out. Hmm. Maybe what God is asking you to do today is to trust Him. Child, fly into the storm. And I got you. I'm going to be there. It's not going to be easy. I promise I got you. We're going to walk through it. You see, to to soar like an eagle, you've got to trust God. 
Isn't it funny? For them to soar, it's like an outstretched arms on a cross. You've got to surrender everything. You've got to surrender control. Thank God it's killing me. It's breaking my heart. I know what my kids are going through. But I trust you. I know you see them. I know you know where they are. And I know your spirit will work in their life. God, I, I know you know where I'm at right now, and I know you know the struggle, and I keep praying, Lord, get me out of here. But, Lord, today I'm going to pray, get me through. Because, God, I don't want to be in this valley anymore. I want to walk through it. I want to get to the other side. And no doubt some of you are in storms today that are no fault of your own. You didn't cause the storm. He's still there. Some of you, in the words of Isaiah, it's your fault. Like, you made some choices that had you went and prayed with God first might have been different. And so sometimes in this world, we have consequences that we still deal with. There are broken relationships that happen. There are things that happen because of our choices. And sometimes we do need to own that. We need to say, God, I, I am sorry. Because I've been going by my own fire. I've been lighting my own way for a long time. And Lord, I need to do it different. We can find forgiveness. That's what I love about the God we serve. As long as you're breathing, you still got another chance. You still got hope. You can still do life different. You can find a new strength from a father who loves you, who created you in the womb with a purpose and a plan for your life. And I know how tired we get, but we can still soar through a storm if we let God lead us. But that means total surrender, church. Your ideas, your fixes your plans, and some of them may be really good plans, right? (laughs) But it's still surrender. It's still a moment where we stop trying to do it using our energy. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. And that feeling I had this week at District Assembly of all of these blessings I felt around me. Because at some point I said, here I am. Here I am. Are you ready to surrender this morning? Are you tired of being tired? Are you looking for a new strength today? I know I am. Jason's going to play our song. You can go ahead. And for, for new faces in here, if you, if you want to use what we call the Ebenezer jar, Ebenezer means stone of help. And so we know that when we write our initials and drop it in this jar, it's just us remembering, God, you've been there for me before. We know you've done this before. And we drop it with our prayer of whatever it is you're praying to God this morning. Whether your prayer is, Lord, help me, get me out of here, or Lord, your will be done, not mine. 
So this morning as the song plays, if you, if you need an Ebenezer stone, it's there. These altars are open. If you just need to come to a point of surrender this morning, maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus as Savior. <laughs> oh, BJ, we're sitting in a, a room full of Christians, are we? Because if you call yourself Christian, you have to follow Christ. Have you ever said yes to Jesus Christ? To say, Father, I'm sorry I have sinned. Forgive me. Come in my heart and let's start something new. And let the Holy Spirit work. Go ahead, Jason. Hit play on that that song. Whatever you brought in here struggling with this morning, don't leave with it. Let God have it. Before my heart feels Thank so you. weak, got this weight upon my chest, and I can't stop forgetting. My God, you've never left, you're right here with me. We're not scared in this church so to I'm come forward because we know oh God, everyone sitting in here, me. we're broken. We know that things that God has forgiven us for, we know that there are things that we are currently going through, those dark times. This is the safest place for you to come and say, God, I need you. Because I promise this is a family of God that will see you when you come forward and they will know. I need to pray for this person this week. You don't have to know the whys. You just know that they are in need of prayer. Mm, thank you, Lord. You've done this before, Because the waves are all around me. And it feels like I'm drowning. My God, will you still reach down and give me your hand? Father, I am so thankful 
for this message today as a reminder of who you are to each and every one of us. That you are still just as good. Oh, Father, and I know that sitting in these pews, there's still some that they're praying. And Lord, I am thankful for a God that I don't have to go down to the altar. You will meet me where I'm at. So I pray over these pews this morning, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is speaking. And I pray for the hearts of those to listen. God, I want people to know when we leave this place today that we have been in your presence. Father, we are thankful for what your son did on the cross. We are thankful that he rose again. Father, I am thankful for a Holy Spirit that continues to work day after day in our lives. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and for the strength you give us every day. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people together said, Amen. Church family, have a beautiful, wonderful day, and be a blessing to others as you go. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.